Take y'all back so y'all could really hear and see what the government really thinks of y'all out here. The trucker protests rocking Canada could be heading to the Super Bowl next, and it's got Joe Biden pretty worried. So he's calling up his Department of Homeland Security for a preemptive crackdown. The agency warning police to prepare for protests similar to Canada's Freedom Convoy, and that U.S.-based truck drivers could start blocking highways and major roads in California ahead of the Super Bowl. Biden's State of the Union address could also be impacted. Administration officials very concerned. We support peaceful protest, uh, but we have concerns when those protests turn violent. And certainly I think it's important for everyone in Canada and the United States to understand what the impact of this blockage is. Once they intervene in other people's freedoms and liberties, it becomes a more complicated landscape. But we're working with law enforcement to address any eventualities. All right, so Greg, I, I, I knew that they were starting in California. I heard maybe they were coming east, but I don't want to mess up the Super Bowl. Yeah, I, but I do choose the truckers over the trackers. Um, I don't buy this what-if stuff. We've seen this. What they've done is they're mapping this after the strategy they used with terror. Remember, there was any kind of big event. Oh, yeah. Oh, we, we have to make sure uh, that the terror threat level will go up. Uh, at the Super Bowl, there could be an ISIS attack at this. All they're doing is they're transferring that uh, that framework to people who have yet to commit any crime. Right. All, I mean, I, I would love to see the DHS, like, tase a baby. When they go to these events, what do you see? Every picture you see are families, a bouncy castle. But what they're doing right now is they're doing their bad appling, right? They find a flag or they plant a flag or they dig up a two-year-old flyer from Miami and they claim, oh my God, this entire convoy, they're terrorists, they're white supremacists. It's a political tactic to smear your opponents. I mean, you know, I know Geraldo gets really mad when an illegal immigrant commits a crime and like say painting a swastika on a Capitol building and then we bring it up and you think, oh my God, we're smearing all illegal immigrants. Well, that's what the left, that's what the White House is doing right now. And who knew that Canadians do a better job of Americans than Americans do? Although their prime minister is a disgrace, but you know, what can you do? <laughs> so they have the DHS secretary there. I mean, he's already there. The Super Bowl is not till Sunday, but he is there and he is ready, Dana. Where's Mayor Pete? Is he going to get out there and, and just 
you know, stop the truckers single-handedly? I don't, I, I don't think so. Remember, it took them like five months to go to the L.A. port um, initially. I, January 15th is the date that the Canadian government said that truckers were basically no longer essential workers after they had worked two years yeah. as essential workers. And all of a sudden, with the stroke of a pen, they were, and it's not that they're not vaccinated. Many of them are vaccinated. And it always is groundswell. Uh, Trudeau had two and a half weeks or so to get ready for this. They didn't do anything. They didn't go meet with them. They didn't try to deescalate. Didn't try to figure it out. Well, the White House has had plenty of warning. One, they've not called. Where's President Biden? Why hasn't he called Trudeau? Let's get this figured out. Can we do something on cross-border passing so that we can make sure that people can get back has to work? Has he called Trudeau? I don't know. I, mean, no, I, I, I keep asking. Not. I don't believe so. They say that they're that the White House has been in touch with their counterparts. Oh. Okay. Um, but also, this is another great opportunity for Kamala Harris. California's her home state. Oh. <laughs> don't laugh. I'm just like, let me give you a little more advice. So Kamala Harris could go. She, I would get Buttigieg and I would get Marty Walsh, the Labor Secretary. Oh, Marty! And I, and I would yeah, go yeah. out there and Marty, I would, Marty, good guy. All those guys, and I would, I would at least meet with them, try to figure it out, and say, "Look, the governors, do you like this plan? Do you like this plan? Can we get to some sort of agreement to try to head it off? If not, they're just going to have more problems." Whatever happened in negotiation? You can't negotiate with truckers. Well, you can negotiate with the Taliban, but not the truckers. <laughs> you can't negotiate if you think that you control the people who want to negotiate with you, and that is the problem here. Look, it, these truckers are saying, look at what you've done to us. For two years, you destroyed our lives, our businesses, our families have been affected. You wouldn't listen to us. Now that you see elections are coming around, you don't want to talk to us. You now still refuse to deal with the fact that you have destroyed our lives, that we were essential, and now you want to quarantine us if we, if we aren't vaccinated, if we go in the other direction, whereas 90% are clearly vaccinated. And so this, this sense of, of elitism that, our, that both Trudeau has, saying, I saw a swastika and it's an inherent sign of violence. It is, I agree. But I haven't seen anything. I haven't heard about a lot of arrests there. You've got thousands of people. It was on Twitter. Gonna, That's all yeah, it takes. Yeah, all it takes is Twitter. But what they're doing is they're going to come to the United States because people are fed up. And for the first time, people feel that they've got something to say. And, and the other point that I want to make here is that they're creating the narrative. And you're absolutely right. They who? They, they, they meaning the White House is creating a narrative that, you know, we're not going to allow any violence. We're worried about disrupting uh, the auto production. Well, how long? Two years we've been down now. Now you're worried about it? Yeah. And we have concerns that this is going to turn violent. How do you know it's going to turn violent? You're just cultivating that seed in the minds of America. Lots of concerns. So now y'all know what the government really thinks about y'all out there, man. Um, like I said, I've said this before. I said it time and time again. Um, you know, they really don't give a fuck about us, man. I mean, as y'all can see in here, like, like, especially the president now, like, you know, they're more concerned about, you know, something happening, like using terrorists, like when we're out there trying to protest, you know, they're trying to say anything to get out of coming to the table to basically meet our needs that's why i kept saying before man it would have been real good if we would have had just all went on strike like right when the pandemic started because we had them by the balls because that's when they needed and they still do right now but that's when they needed all the water toilet paper and everything was really important it was essentials because without us they wouldn't have had it see 
I, I get so sick and tired of us helping them out in the time of need. And then once they got to capacity what they need, then they just kick us right back. And all of a sudden, we're just another stank asshole driver to them. That's why I always felt like, you know, with that going down, we should have just stood our ground then. And then we they would have been w willing to sign any goddamn bill to give us anything we want. And it still might not be too late because it's quiet as kept. I heard that there's another um, thing coming down the pipe. Um, I don't know if it's true or not, like where there's probably going to be another lockdown in this time because I already heard that they're out there in China doing it. And nobody this time with the lockdown, it's like out there out here like this, like they like not letting nobody out the house for no whatso reason whatsoever. So I don't know how that's going to pan if it's heading this way or whatever the situation is. But I mean, it's just a sad situation, man. I mean, you know. I mean, that, that's what they think of us. They don't give a fuck about us. When they get what they need, then we're just another um, stank truck driver to them. They don't care. That's why my, my whole model is, like I said, we should have just saved up for one year and then did it the right way and stayed off um, and, and not drove until we got what we wanted. Because if you're still driving and still protesting and having these convoys and stuff like that, that's not going to work, man. You're just wasting your fuel. You, you're, you're, your voice is being heard, but... Is anybody doing anything about it? See, that's the point. They hear you, but nobody's doing nothing about it. But it's a difference between, oh, well, we're not getting our delivery today. There's going to be no food, no meat, no this or that. See, there's a big difference from that to that. And um, there's a whole lot of Walmarts that's getting ready to shut down now due to a lot of the food not being available. So what they're with the, what people are saying is true like with a shortage because um walmart is closing several of their facilities all across the country man because they're not getting enough goods into those stores so they're figuring out why do we need to keep the store open we'll just go to another store they what they want to do is just have like i guess two or three big stores within that state or whatever and just figure just have you come over there from what i'm hearing so something else is coming down the pipe um, so just get ready for it. And that's why I'm here now to talk about the gun permit. So let's just kind of just jump into that, man. Um, like I was saying before on my live, on the last podcast that I did, man, it's really going to be up to you guys. And this is just me talking to you personally, like for people that's like working with Swift, U.S. Express, um, Gordon, um, you know, night. Y'all know the, the 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 big carriers. Like to be honest with you, dude, there's none of those carriers that's going to allow you to carry a gun on the truck. And it's going to be a hypocrite situation, like I said. Because let me give you a scenario. Let's just say you're in Ohio somewhere or whatever state you is. I just picked Ohio just out of the bag. Um, you deliver in, in a certain city in a certain area. So the truck stop you go to is probably like the closest truck stop from the 20 miles that you have to drive to go do your delivery. So you decide to go there. Now that truck stop that you go to is like a real F minus truck stop to go to. It's like a real bad truck stop not to go to. So you go there and then you get out your truck to go take a shower. All of a sudden somebody comes up behind you, you know, wants to rob you and you fight them back and they shoot you and kill you. The first thing that the company is going to say that I'm going to reassure you, I, I can pretty much bet my life on it. They're going to want to know, like, what the fuck was you doing over there? Why did you go there? And why did you put up a fight? They're going to always have something to say to try to make it seem like it was your fault. We both know this. We we all know this. If you've been in this trucking game for even just a decade, y'all know what the drill is. 
They're going to say, well, what was he doing over there? He should have known better because they don't want your family to sue them and they be liable for it. Now let's switch to turn. Let's turn the tables around. Let's just say that you was carrying behind their back and you got robbed and you got into a tussle with this guy. You pulled out and you killed him. Well, of course, you're going to be lied. But we all know that after that happens, whatever the situation may be, um, if his people try to come and sue the company or whatever the case may be, which they shouldn't be able to because it's self-defense. And if you have your gun permit, if you got it the legal way and you just wasn't um, having a gun that you're not supposed to, it shouldn't be any problem other than you just getting fired from the company. Now, if, is that going to follow you on your record? It probably will, but you'll be alive to speak about this another day. Um, I don't know exactly what it would say on your record, but there are attorneys and stuff that you have that can fight that from them putting stuff like that on your DAC or wherever it could go to make it more presentable or however they're going to present it to make it seem like that you was a victim and that you're not at fault, so you're still hireable. You know, there's things that you could do. So that's why you got to always be on your toes when it comes to like all the uh, the backgrounds and the stuff that we went over before, like with the DAC and the PSP and all that. So you could keep abreast of who to go to if there's some issues about putting certain information up. Now, um, that's exactly what they're going to say. Either you're going to take the route and either chance it and either go get your permit and, and, and don't tell them about it. Or either you're going to be victim A, dead, and... They're going to make up an excuse because I, I can pretty much assure you that that's what they're, they're going to have something to say on either one. They're going to have something to say if you blast on them and the gun is you is legally yours, but they have a policy that you weren't supposed to carry. Or if you got blasted on, they're going to want to know what was you doing over there, this and that. And they're never going to accept responsibility. So me being you guys personally, I would probably carry, especially like nowadays. I wouldn't give a fuck. If, if I'm going to get fired, I'm going to get fired. But at least I'm going to be alive to tell about it the next day, especially if you got a family or if you got kids. You want to always make sure that your ass is going to make it back home because the company ain't going to give a goddamn about you when it's all said and done. So that's just my that's just me how I'm looking at it. And also to be to be quite honest with you guys, um, like after two to three years of driving, I would say the minimum of two years, if you're coming out of school. And like what we talked about earlier when I first started this podcast, like putting all your shit up in storage and just saving up your own money to figure out which route you want to go to. Now, if you got kids and shit like that where you have to send your money home and it's kind of hard to save here and there, still, after two years, I would consider getting out of the um, commercial trucking and try to find a small mom and pop's um, truck trucking to go to. That might pay you a little bit more without the 1099 because some of these mom and pops will do 1099, some won't. But you want to get out of that commercial type thing with that blue collar shit and all these rules and this and that, man. You want to kind of break away from the governing truck. I mean, it's one thing I can't stand is a governing truck that's slow as fuck going down the hill, going up the, the freeway while everybody else is jumping in front of you. They like to disrespect you, especially if they know that you're a carrier that they could just run past, they'll just fuck with you all night until they have to get off the freeway. I've seen this before, like decades ago, man. You know, because they used, they probably used to be for the company and they mad that somebody did it to them. So now they're doing it to you. So my advice would be like, if you guys are just getting into this game, like two years is probably about as much experiences that you're going to need. And then move on from there. Even go to FedEx or somewhere, because even that's not considered like a, um, 
a Snyder or something like that. FedEx is like a contractor. So you should be able to carry your firearm there. Um, like, I don't know what some of them might think about it, but contractors, like I said, have different rules. I probably, as a contractor, wouldn't even say anything to them about it, man, because it, trust me, it's not going to get brought up like how it is when you go to orientation for like a Swift or something like that. Now, if you got your own truck, you're the boss. If you're leasing a truck, you're the boss. But like for you guys that are out there riding with fucking Ronald McDonald and Swift and all the rest of these other motherfuckers, you already know what they're going to say. And and, to, and to, to the people that do get a gun permit, please do yourself a favor, you guys, and go ahead and get some insurance with that. I mean, do not wind up like going to go get a firearm or something like that. You don't have any insurance. Um, now, I just recently started like having insurance for me because I just kind of wised up because I had a bunch of firearms and y'all already knew what the situation is, but I'm back on my shit. I've been um, still buying my firearms. So whatever I lost in that storage, I, I'm pretty sure I'm already back up and I'm probably, this time I said, y'all want to play like that. So I'm probably going to surpass what I had before. And I'm, I think I'm already there now because I've been buying um, a little handgun like every two months. So I would go buy one and then, you know, pay for it and then wait a month or two, go find another one, then go buy one. You know, so I'm already done with the nines, 38s. And so now it's time for my sticks like the ARs and shit like that. I already got an AR. I already got a rifle. So now I'm probably going to be looking at another um, AR probably this weekend. And one of the places that I go to is like, it's this pawn shop and I really don't recommend you guys buy like used um, firearms, but the pawn shop that I'm talking about, the, they have brand new stuff in there, in the box that somebody came in there and sold it to them because probably, I don't know, they was down on their luck. Um, so I wouldn't recommend buying like um, used firearms unless you really like the caliber and you just can't get it anywhere else. And it's, and it's, and it's, hell, hey, it's, it's a, if it's a good deal, go for it. But, um, the place that I go to, usually they have brand new um, firearms, rifles, everything, and they'll let you pay on time. So they'll let you do like a railway pay. That's what I was doing. I would put down, like, depending on what the caliber was, like, um, I think the last one that I bought, um, it was a nine. I think I paid about like $7.54. So I think I put down like $2.50 and I was making payments. Like every other week I would go in there. Every week I would go in there and just put down like $150. And then by the end of the month, man, I would just go pick it up. Um, like I said, they have this AR that I'm looking at that I'm probably going to get. I just want to make sure because they got a bunch of firearms in there, man. I don't know why fire, brand new firearms be coming to that pawn shop specifically out of all the rest of them that I looked at. Because the majority of the pawn shops that I go to, they don't even have the firearms. This is the only one. It's a super pawn. So... I mean, but if you're going to go that route, I would advise you guys to get some type of insurance because what I, who I got insurance with, and I'm not trying to promote this um, company either, but, you know, they have other companies that you could go to, but I go to like USCCA. And one of the reasons why is because of like the benefits that you get with them, because not only do they give you insurance, but they also give you like YouTube videos to look at in certain situations you know, they go over certain situations, which you should do if you get caught off guard in this situation. You know, it's it's like tutorials and stuff that they have for you to practice on. So it's just it's, it's more than just you paying your insurance. And then on top of that, like they have three different plans. They have the gold, 
They have the platinum and they have the elite. I have the elite. The elite is like $50 a month, which comes up to like $499 a year. They also have the platinum plan that's like $39. It comes up to $399. And then they have the basic plan that's $29 a month, and that comes up to $299. But you do know like with each and every one of those plans, certain things that they give you that they don't. So like say certain tutorials that they give you, if you don't have a certain plan, they might let you like look at this video, but they're not going to give you the elite video where, you know, it's giving you more in details on what to do and situations. They also give you for the elite plan, like numbers to call somebody. If you have questions, you can download the app for USCCA because that's going to be the most important thing to do with you guys. If you go out there, because if you're in a city or state, because I was always confused about that when I started carrying. I'm going to tell you all why I started carrying on the truck in a minute. But you don't want to go to a state and you have your permit and then you go to a certain little fucking principal highway and for 20 miles, your gun permit is not welcome. But then when you get back on the, the interstate, then it is. You know like how shit is weird out here. Like some places in Texas, oh, well, you can't carry because it's like a little blue line in this little area. But then when you get over here to Houston and Dallas, you can, you know, all that old shit. But like with the um, with the app, it'll tell you exactly where, you know, you, you can if you cool to carry. And so, like I said, I have mine because I see because I reached I, I had two permits. I let the one go from California when I left because, you know, California wasn't shit. It was only to and from work. You know, you couldn't walk around with it unless you was going to the gun range, this and that. Like what I did was I must have drove down to New Mexico and not New Mexico. I must have drove down to Arizona. I don't know why I said New Mexico. I drove down to Arizona and this is um, when I was out there and I applied for that one that I believe is like 18 different states plus Utah and I had to pay. So I can literally like go to like not only does it work for um, Arizona, but it works for Vegas. It works. It, the only place it don't work is California. Um, pretty much everywhere else that I was going because I wasn't really going um, like 48 states like that anyway. So you wasn't going to really catch me up in Maine and New York and shit like that. I wasn't going like far on the East Coast. But like I said, that app will tell you if your shit is active over there. So the places I was going, like when I was going through Oklahoma, Dallas and shit like that and on the 40 going through Kingman and all, it, it was like I was cool with, with those areas like New Mexico and shit like that. But. These other states, man, you just want to kind of um, watch out and you want to get the insurance. Like I said, for me, the $49 ain't shit because it's up to like, I think, a million dollar policy. So you have a $100,000 policy. So that means that basically, you know, you guys can bail out if something happens. And that's one of the reasons why I decided to do that, because you don't want to get into a situation where, you locked up in jail. Now you're calling your wife. Y'all probably staying in an apartment. The only thing you probably got to value is your car. And now you're trying to put your car. And that's not even going to be enough to even bail out if you're in there for murder. If you're in there for um, for attempted murder or you're in there for a shooting. You're going to have to have a $100,000 policy, man. And like I said, with USCCA, like with the plan that I got, with the elite plan, I know at least I got like a million dollar policy on me that, oh, will give me a $100,000 um, bailout. And here's some of it right here that I'm reading. It's like, what is this like? It says almost like a $2 million annual liability insurance limit. No limit defense expenses. Defense expenses incurs in the defense of a civil criminal proceeding. 
all pay for in addition to the limit of liability for coverage overance. It says $100,000 cost of bail expenses. So that's what I was telling y'all about. $100,000 bail. A $10,000 bond typically... A million dollar bond typically costs like $100,000 or 10% of that, which is $100,000. You'll have funds available for bailout expenses, including cash bailouts. And then it says up to $10,000 for essential. So like what they told me, like you're not going to get your gun back so they're going to basically buy you another one because whenever your gun is involved in the murder, it has to go into the detectives for all the rest of that shit. You can kiss that shit goodbye. So that's what this extra 10000 is for to buy you back your firearm. And also it says up to $750 per day actual loss of earnings. So do y'all see that? They're going to give you up to $750 a day while you're in jail or off work or whatever. So, I mean, I haven't actually been in any situations like this to actually see if if all that is good too good to be true but i do have the elite package now i don't know if if like they, they're probably going to give you like the hundred thousand dollar bond for any one of those packages if it's the gold platinum or elite but it might not incur the like the ten thousand dollars and the seven hundred fifty dollars a day like the gold package is probably not going to give you the 750 a day um like if something happens, it'll probably just give you your bailout. Um, the platinum probably won't give you the hundred thousand. I mean, like the um, seven hundred fifty dollars a day. Um, but like I said, I'm happy with this man, and I'm not trying to force it on anybody. But you gotta have you got to have some type of insurance, man. There's just no way you could be out here bare bonded like that. I mean, I think like twenty, even at the lowest price, twenty nine dollars, the gold price. I mean, what is that, man? That's that's cheaper than insurance on your car. You know what I'm saying? So. I mean, if you can't afford that, then maybe you shouldn't have a gun permit. Maybe you shouldn't be on the truck. I mean, because if you're going to have a gun permit, you got to be responsible for it. You got to have some type of insurance. This is what I tell everybody, man, like, you know, that I talk to. Um, I'm like, man, yeah, I've even paid for a couple of friends to, for them to get their um, permits because I want everybody to go out and get this shit, man. Get armed up, man, because we're coming to times where it's just getting like really rough out here. And this is one of the stories that I'm getting ready to tell y'all while I started carrying on the truck. Um. Now, I had my my um, gun permit for years, probably a decade and a half. Um, but I just recently started carrying my shit on the truck. Like, I don't do it now because I'm doing local work. But the last job I did um, where I had a dedicated that was like going to Dallas and then Oklahoma and back, this and that, um, I did carry. And it was like I said, it was through like a contractor's position. And what happened was, man, like I was on the 40 and I went to that Love's on the 40 um, now, they got a couple of loves on the 40. Um, so, But this is like a smaller one. I couldn't remember which mile marker it was because it was some years back. But what I did was, man, I must have pulled up to like the side of the scale right there um, where that loves is. And it was enough room for people to get on the scale. It was just enough room to go by my truck anything because I was parked alongside of the scale. So even if you was to get on the scale, I'm not in your way. So all of a sudden, as I'm getting out, because I was doing my 30-minute break there for my ELD. I went around the back, like, you know, kicking some tires, trying to make sure that, you know, I ain't got no faster tires. You know, you got to do that shit. Some people just, sometimes I do, sometimes I didn't when I got out. I mean, I'm just keeping it real. But that day I was like, let me check some shit because I don't want to be breaking down. And so as I was going to the back to make sure the seal was intact, this dude came up to me and I got to keep it real with y'all. It was a white Caucasian. He came up to me and asked me like, why was I parking my truck there? Like, 
why don't you just go park your truck over there? And I asked him, who was he? And I said, man, why does this bother you? Like, I said, first of all, dude, who are you? And I said, this is my truck. I said, I'm here for 30 minutes. I said, my truck is not in nobody's way. This was like the afternoon at two, at two o'clock. Now, a lot of trucks don't start getting to the truck stops until like what? Like maybe five, six o'clock in the afternoon. That's when they have to hurry up and try to back in for the people they can't really back. So they'll try to hurry up and get all that shit out the way so they could not be stressful like coming off the road for driving 11, 12 hours and now it's dark and you got to try to back blindside or whatever the fuck may be. So I asked the dude, like, what's business of yours? This fool started haul, hurling the, the N-word at me. He was, a, he was a pure racist. Started calling me the N-word, this and that, that and this. But see, that doesn't bother me. Like, you can say that all day long because I hurled back the honky word to him. So we're both calling each other this and that, but I've already let him know, like, I'm just going to let you know, like, you can, like, that doesn't hurt me. But if you even think about touching me, I'm going to tear your fucking face off. I let him know that straight out. And so we was going back and forth. And so um, what wound up happening is that I think he hurled one, one more N-word at me. And then he just kind of, like, walked over, over to where his truck was parked, like, in front of me, like, where I parked where the scale is. Because you got trucks in front that parked all up in the front and all in the back. And so I saw which truck he went to. He worked for this company. It's like a mom. It's not a mom and pops. It's like one of those companies that's like, uh, what was the name of it? It's not a Gordon type truck. Um, it's like one of those, it's, it's kind of like similar like to Warner. Um, it's on the tip of my tongue. I can't, I have to sit there and concentrate on it, but I've seen the company before. And so what I did was, um, It'll come to me in a minute. Hopefully, it'll come to me. Heart, Heartland Express. This punk motherfucker, Heartland Express. So, I, I'm like, I must have called. I must have jumped in my cab and I called inside the loves. And I said, I do want to let y'all know that you do have, like, a driver out here that's harassing the truckers out here, man. Like, asking us, like, where to park. And I let them know where I was at. Because she was, like, looking out the fuel island at me. And I said, you see me? I'm right alongside the scale. I'm not in nobody's way. I said, I'm here to just do my 30 minutes. And this guy in this Harlan Express trucking in front of me over there must have came out and he started calling me racial words, this and that. I'm like, and she told me she was going to um, call security because I guess they have security. Like, she was like asking me, what does this truck look like, this and that. And and I described it to her and she's like, okay, thank you. I'm going I'm to have security like go over there and find out what's going on. But security never came over there. So I don't know if she probably forgot and hung up the phone and did this or that, but I was so pissed off at what he did was I must have jumped out of my truck with my pad and paper. Now, this was at a time that I didn't have my shit because, like I said, I used to just leave my shit at home or wherever, not wherever, but in storage or whatever. And I would just not be worried about it because I wasn't thinking along the, the, along the lines of that, like I need that. Because it never occurred to me because I was never in situations like that before. If I got into a situation with a with another truck driver, this and that, it was just knuckle up or either that, fuck you on the CV, fuck you, you fuck you, we go our ways. It was never nothing like as close to like this out of all the years that I've been driving like this dude. So I must have um, walked over to his truck. As soon as I start walking over there, you guys know that he was going jump to his, jump his punk ass up out of his truck. Just because he knows what's happening now. But see, I'm smarter than your average bear because what I did was I must have had my phone in my pocket and I put that shit on record because I wanted them to catch because I knew that as soon as he see me, he was going to start hurling that N word again. And it's not. I want to get all of this on my phone that way so I can have proof because I don't want him to try to lie about it. Because remember, when me and him was going back and forth, you know, he was like hurling the word this and that. And um, 
right when I was about to write down, he was trying to stand in front of me so I couldn't get the 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 um the truck number and this and that. And I, I got it. Like I just kept going back around the circle and I finally got it. And then I walked over real fast to the back of his trailer. And he was trying to tell me that like he said this, like and my phone picked it up perfectly. He was like, you could call them if you want to, because my boss is not going to give a fuck about it because he's just like me. He don't like niggas. And so that's what he said. And so I'm like, okay. And so, like I said, that doesn't bother me, but I let him know once again, like, you know, you're getting too close. I'm telling you, man, like, if you just put one hand on me, I'm going to tear your fucking face off. And I call him a honky. I said, I'm going to tear your fucking face off, honky. And so bottom line is, you know, like he started like backing up, like winding up his, his fists, like, you know, like we're getting ready to fight. And I'm just looking at him like he's stupid. I'm, I'm looking at this dude like, man, like, how old are you, man? Like, you stupid. Like, I'm just looking at him. And I guess you got other people in the trucks that's sitting by, like, looking at this shit, too, because, like, we're going back and forth, like, kind of getting loud. And so I must have, like, got his um, truck number down and everything. And as we, as I'm, like, about to, like, um, like walk off, he's, like, walking fast behind me now to go over there toward the scale list to write my shit down. And I'm just sitting there laughing. I'm said, man. You do realize, like, I said, I leased this truck. I said, I don't give a fuck if you call this guy. This is my my gig, my my thing. I said, he's not going to be able to do anything to you about this, man. I said, you a fucking punk-ass company driver. I said, that's why I'm in this truck. I don't I don't answer to anybody. It's all on me. And so then after I said that, I guess because on the front of the truck, you can't even tell. All this guy's a bunch of DOT numbers, and they might have Sunrise um, trucking on it. And then you would have to, like... It's not going to tell you where it's out of. You would have to like look at the front of the license plate and say, okay, it's got Cali Place, Sunrise Valley. So bottom line is you would have to Google that for that to come up. And so as that was going on, he was he was trying to write down the DOT numbers, this and that. As he was walking by me, he was almost like scraping up against me. And I kind of like brushed him like back off me. I said, man, didn't I tell you not to touch me? And so then I guess somebody saw what was going on. And once again, he's winding up. So somebody was like, must have called the police. Now, this lady said that she was going to call security. Security never came out. But it didn't take the, the police no more than like, I swear to God, like three or four minutes to get over there. And they came over there in like two to three squad cars. Because I guess whoever called them lied and said all this other shit. So as soon as they come running up on the fuel line going to the back over there where the scale was, you know, they started coming. I started walking over to uh, one of the officers that jumped out. And he's like, well, what's going on here? We, we, we got a call that there's a fight out here. It's just ensuing. And I told them what was going on while I'm telling them. They separate us. He's still hurling the N-word in front of them. He's letting them know, like, what he is, like a racist, this and that, and calling me a nigga, this and that, and not this. So they separate us. I tell them my part of the story, and I say, look, man, this is my truck right here. I'm parked alongside the scale because I said, right now, I think I got, like, maybe eight more minutes to finish my um, my 30-minute break, which was required because this is what you guys wanted. You guys wanted us to start um, pulling over you know, every, um, whatchamacallit, to do our 30-minute break. So that's what I'm doing. I said, all I did was pull side, alongside the scale. I've already called inside the love. They don't mind that I'm parked right here. I'm not in anybody's way. It's 2 o'clock in the afternoon. I said, this dude just came up to me and asked me, why am I parking over here? I said, it's none of his business. I said, why is he getting out of his truck to come over here to confront me? I said, you already heard what he called me, so he's a racist. I said, it make no sense. And so what wound up happening is when the lady police officer and the man police officer came over to me they must have came over to me and they apologized to me for what for the way that he was acting and calling me those words because they realized that this is a real bona fide racist and it was like yeah we wouldn't just apologize to you for for that like i, I like this guy there's something wrong with him this and that and so 
you know, she's like, how much more longer do you have on your ELD? And I told her, I, think, I said, I think I got five more minutes. So they just kind of waited around for five minutes. And then I said, I'm heading out of there. And that's after that, I had that situation. That's when I started caring. I said, fuck this shit. I'm not going to deal with this type of shit anymore. I'm going to start just caring. And not only do I, was I carrying one, but I was carrying two. So I was carrying a nine and a 38. And what I was doing was when I get, because I was never thinking about it. Because see, the run that I had with that guy, it would pick up down in Compton and then it would go over to um, Dallas and I would be there like Saturday morning but the load didn't deliver didn't deliver until Monday so I would have like Saturday afternoon all until all Sunday and then Sunday night at midnight around about five o'clock you know which is Monday morning I would have to unload but I would find the gun range out there and I would just go there and shoot uh, both those calipers that I had at the time I had a bunch of guns before my shit got hit so I was like kind of switching it up but I had my permits everything was legal so it wasn't like I was just buying shit from California because my California permit ain't going to work in fucking Dallas. Those permits in California ain't going to work nowhere. It's only good for California and they don't even work in California because it's only if you are armed guarded this or that. So it's just a bunch of bullshit. So that's why I started carrying. And what wound up happening is that I wound up getting that dude fired, y'all. I called in because that shit came out crystal clear on my Galaxy phone, what he said, especially the part where he said, my boss is just like me. He don't like niggas. You can hear that so crystal clear. The lady in safety, she's like, oh, my God. She couldn't even believe that he said that. And you know like how they usually tell you like on the phone, like, well, you know, I can't let you know what we're going to do. But tr trust me, I'm going to take. She told me his ass was gone. For once, they let me know, like, what they was going to do with him. She's like, his ass is out of here. And it was true because what he did was, a week later, he called um, my contractor, the guy that I was, like, doing the contractor with. She called, she, he called them and tried to tell them that I got him fired. And so he was like, yeah, what's going on, man? I got a call from this guy, man. He said that you got him fired because you had a, 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 it was a fight that went on down at the, um, it's the loves in, in fucking Arizona. I said, man, not Arizona, New Mexico. I said, man, if he calls again, hangs up on that racist face, man. I said, don't talk to that motherfucker. And I must explain to um, the guy that I work for, like, what, what the fuck happened? Like, how I went in there and I was minding my business. He came up to me and asked me what was I doing, parked over there, and told me I shouldn't be over there and called me the N-word, this and that. I said, that's what he get, man. He should have got fired. You know, he should have really got his ass beat, to be honest with you. You know, because anybody else... It's not going to have that willpower kind of like I did. Like I said, for me, you got to throw the first punch. You got to do everything first before I, I. Now, back in the days when I was growing up, I would be the first to um, set it off. But you would have to like nowadays, since I've gotten older, like especially now when I have a gun permit, because that's the first thing they teach you. Like, man, you don't want to get into a situation where you have to shoot somebody and then. It's kind of like a cop, like, well, you just pulled out and unloaded on him for no reason. How do we know that, you know, your life was uh, 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 threatening, like like, like where you needed to pull out? That's why I said, like, he would have had to make contact with me first. But if, if like now, like the way I carry my caliper, like if I have a problem with somebody, you can pretty much see it. Like when I confront them, because I'll raise up my uh, my shirt as I'm walking towards them, not pulling it out at them because... You're not supposed to point it at them, but if there's a confrontation, which I've had before, I'll just kind of like lift up my shirt so they can see what's on the side of my waist. And they'll know, like I said, man, you don't want this today. And they just kind of just back the fuck off and get out of there real quick. 
And, you know, I don't know what that guy would have done if he would have saw. I don't know if it would have made. Because either, either two things is going to happen. Either you're going to back the fuck off or either you, it's going to make you more madder and more irate. So I don't know which way he would have took it. But, you know, if he would have ran to his truck and grabbed a screwdriver or uh, a socket wrench, as soon as he would have raised up to make contact with me, then I would have had every legal right to shoot him down. But I'm not going to shoot him down as he's running to his truck because, you know, he's because that's going to be hard to defend because that's going to make it seem like I just gunned him down and we don't know what he was going to go do. He could have probably just been getting in the truck to go lock the doors or call the police. So you would have to make contact with me first. And I'm not going to. And I'm, when I say first, I'm not going to sit there and let you stab me with a screwdriver. But you would have to. Like I said, he would have had to went to the truck to go get the screwdriver or whatever he was going to get. Come out. And raise it up at me and start running up towards me. Then I would have done. Depending on what it would have been in his hand. If to be honest with you, if it was a, if it wasn't a screwdriver and it was probably a wrench, I probably would like disarm his ass and probably beat him the fuck down. Cause I'm good at that type of shit when it comes to that MMA shit. You know, it would have to be something for me to shoot you like like life threatening. Like either you got a gun or a knife or something like that. But if you got like a bottle or something in your hand, I might just you know, catch the fade with you before it escalates to something else bigger than where I have to gun you down because I want to make it very clear to if I have to defend myself that I'm going to be able to prove like, look, you, you came at me. I didn't pull my shit out. We tussled. We fight. I got you down. Whatever the case may be. You did this. I did that. And then I walked away and then you came back again and now I shot you down. I need to be able to prove everything that I'm saying other than me being like a cop, like you turned your back and run and I started just shooting you. It's not going to be a situation like that. But that's one of the reasons why I started caring. And that's one of the reasons why if you guys are going to be out there, you're going to need to have that insurance, man. Like, just don't buy your gun. There's a lot of people that I know that will just go buy a gun because they can get clearance. But then they don't have no insurance. It's like, what did you get it for? Especially if you're in a state where you could carry because California, like I said, you can't carry. But if you're in a state where you could carry legally this and that, you might want to have that, man. Um, you know, because of situations like that, um, it's just you're going to need it. Now, if you get into a shootout, I'm going to just let y'all know. I know for a fact, like if you get into a shootout with this type of insurance I got with like three or four people and you land people down like John Wayne or Clint Eastwood, you're not going to be bailed out. You know, um, to be honest with you, this insurance is just probably good for like a one on one fade like if you get into it with somebody and you shoot them down and you get out because remember it's a hundred thousand dollar policy on a million dollar policy so if you're shooting down multiple people your fucking um insurance is probably going to be like a five million dollar bond so that means you got to probably have like five hundred thousand dollars and this insurance is not even going up there even with the um with the elite plan i got like they're not that's just about as far as it's going to go they like just one-on-one -on -one. Now, if it's a situation where you shoot down one, it's two of them, and you shoot one down, and then you get into a fight with the other, or you shoot one down and one get away, you still, I still think that that's good. But if you start, like, laying people down, like this is some video game, I don't think you're going to get out. You're going you're gonna to get a, they're going to represent you and get a lawyer and all that, and, you know, you're going to fight your case. And more than likely, if it's what, what you say, if it's self-defense, you'll be let out because you're going to have your lawyers and they're going to give you up to the $750 a day because you're on the elite plan and all that. So, but like I said, the gold in the regular plan, I don't think it's going to cover that. So I'm not trying to promote the company. I did look into other companies out there. I think this one suits the best for me because of the app. They, they send me emails 
every day with scenarios like what to do if you're in this scenario. They send you videos to watch. They give you phone numbers to call if you have questions. So, I mean, for me, it's perfect. Now, it might not be for everybody, but like I said, for me, if I'm going to be carrying, that's what I'm going to do. Um, you know, it might even be able to help y'all if you get into a situation. Like like I said, if your company don't know and you work for a, a SWIFT or something like that, and you have to lay somebody down because your life is threatened and they came at you with a gun or they got in your sleeper and you laid them down, you, you got that insurance. That's going to cover you, man. Like, like your company really ain't going to have a leg to stand on because you got a high power lawyer. So he's going to fight all that and shut your company down. As, like I said, now you won't be able to work for the company no more, but you're going to get your $750. You're going to get your, that's if you get the plan that I got, you're going to get your money. You're going to get money to buy your caliber bag. You're going to be bailed out and you're going to win your case. You know, if it's like what you say it is, you know, and when I keep saying, like, if you say like, you know, like somebody's trying to kill you, they got some in their hands and yada, yada, yada. Um, but that's where it is, man. Um, if y'all going to carry, like I said, to the, to the, to the owner operators out there, like they do their own thing. So they already know where I'm coming from and they know what's going on. I'm pretty sure they probably got ARs and shotguns up underneath the sleepers, like special, um, um, what do you call that? Like hide boxes and shit where the AR is coming out of the walls type shit. But like I said, for me, I was just carrying a couple of them until I got where I'm at now, just doing local. Cause I kind of, like I said, that was like the last, um, hooray run for me, man. Like after that situation with that guy, we haven't even gotten up that far yet. And I pretty much almost brought y'all to the front of uh, where I was at, like from the companies that I've been with. But after that situation, it wasn't because of that, like what happened with that guy, but it was just other issues, like with the money, um, being late with the, with the 1099 guy, like I would get there, the money, you know, he would pay me, but I would have to wait for the broker to pay him to pay me. And I would literally go out with another trip and come back and still be like, well, damn, man, now you damn, you owe me for two trips now. Cause he would be waiting for the, you supposed to like when you're running your business like that, man, you supposed to have all that money in reserved. Not waiting for somebody else to pay you to pay them type shit. That's why you guys got to kind of watch it when you do decide to go over to like a mom and pops. And make sure that when you get with them that they have money in reserve. You know, ask them that, that question. Say like, okay, so when I come back at the end of the week, like how am I going to be paid? Is it like this guy was direct deposit because we both had Chase Banks, but he wasn't like depositing my check until like if I got back on Thursday, if I got back on Wednesday, my check should have been there on Friday because once you turn in the paperwork to him, it takes him two to three days to pay you. Sometimes he'd be taking this dude like five days to pay me because he'd be waiting for the broker to pay him to pay me because I guess that reserve wasn't looking like it was supposed to. You know, you sitting there owing me seventeen, eighteen hundred dollars and, you know, you got to get work done to the truck. Plus that, that it's just that's another scenario that we'll go over. But y'all just want to make sure that if you do go that route. Make sure that they have money in the reserve to pay you. You're not waiting for the broker to pay them to pay you. But that should be it, man, as far as like carrying. It's really going to be up to each and every one of you guys' individuality because there's nothing that I could say that's going to change it. Like I said, pretty much for the owner operators, they are, you guys already know that they're going to carry, you know, unless they just have a change of heart and they just don't want to. But I mean, if I'm an owner operator, you damn right I'm carrying. I'm carrying a nine right here. I got the fucking AR underneath the sleeper with like a 30 day box of uh, ammunition with me just in case some shit um, jumps off. 
you know, because like I said, man, these people out here are crazy. Like that dude had no right to like even come up to me and even question me. You know, he just like I, I could have just literally like tore his fucking face off. And I'm kind of glad that I didn't have my shit on me. I wouldn't have pointed at him or anything, but who knows how he would have reacted if he would have saw it. Like I said, I would have had to wait for him to like really put my life in danger. Like we would have been going back and forth with, with blows here and there. But I would have got the best of him, man, because he looked like he wasn't in shape or nothing. I would have really fucked him up. But, you know, he would have had to ran to his. Um, and who knows? That motherfucker might have had a 38 in his truck. I don't know. Because if you're talking big shit like that, you got to back it, right? Unless you just out there just talking shit. But, you know, nevertheless, here or there, I like I said, ever since that day, I just really was carrying my shit. And, and wherever I stopped at, like if I was going to be there for a couple of days, I would just find the nearest gun range and just go shoot off a few rounds and, you know, just get shit done. But that's one of the things that you guys got to look forward to. Like I said, um, you know, get the insurance, uh, just be safe out there because, like I said, times is getting hard right now. And that's where we're going to leave it. And um, I'm going to just come back. Like I said, I, it's, it's taking me forever to come back, man, because I'm just so tired. I'm working six days a week, y'all. So I'm really trying to take advantage of this emergency shit while I can because we both know when it returns back to normal, it's going to be back to just normal. So I'm just trying to, like I said, secure what I need because you guys already know my plan. Like I said, this is not going to be long term for me any much more longer in these um, tractor trailers, man. Um, I'm trying to um, get my shit in order to just do the dually thing and just keep it simple, man. Just keep it simple. So with that being said, man, um, I'll talk to you all in the next one. Maybe we'll pick up from where I left off at, like with the post office, because uh, there was a lot of shit that went on with them. Um, who knows? Uh, so y'all just be safe out there.